Hi everyone, Ray here, City Fan TV, and once again I'm joined by uh, two of the other hosts on uh, Bolt from the Blue. We've got Mike all the way in South Korea, and it's just gone six a.m. In Mike, uh, welcome to you, Mike. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> Good night for us, almost. And we've got Bernard in sunny Altrincham. Yes, we, we time travel on this on this show as well, don't we? South Korea, but obviously he's, he's well ahead. He, if he could give us a few hints as to what's happening over there, we might be able to win a few quid, you know. Yeah. So we, we another one of these little, uh, hopefully about 10, 15, 20 minutes, um, little chat, little video, we call it a podlet for the podcast. It's just a, a little pot of history about um, players this week. That's what we're doing. Yesterday we talked about Sammy Nazarin. Today we're going to talk about Carlos Tevez, another wonderful player who maybe could have stayed a little bit longer at City. He was only here for four years. And we're going to do a similar sort of thing. We'll talk a little bit about his history before he came to City. The noise around him arriving at City, because I think that was that 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 you could have a make a film about that in itself. Uh, him joining from our arch rivals, uh, um, Manchester United, and then what he did at City, some controversy at City as well. Um, what he helped us to achieve, you know, he, it's quite right to say in some games he, he he dragged us through games. What he won at City, and possibly why why he left, and what his legacy is, if there is a legacy. And, and favorite goals and, and stuff like that. So, without any further ado, let's uh, let's get cracking. He's, he's uh, Carlos Tevez is now thirty seven years old. He started in Argentina for Boca Juniors in two thousand and one. Uh, you can, if you can work your numbers out, that's a heck of a long time ago. Twenty one years ago. Um, so he, you you work it backwards. He was around that sort of age. He, he had some good seasons in um, in um, at Boca. Uh, moved on to Corinthians and. Then you might remember, if you're old enough, a controversial move to West Ham in the 2006-2007 season. It was him and uh, Javier Mascherano. And I think the controversy was you were not allowed to have uh, part, third-party ownership. A club had to own the players' um, rights outright. And West Ham still had some of... A third party had some of the, the rights to, to them. Um, and I think they ended up paying Sheffield United 30 million quid because Sheffield United got relegated they're going to take them to court about uh, over this because you know they shouldn't have had these two players these two players were ineligible for the full season and i think if by rights west ham could have been relegated or should have been relegated but you know, it didn't happen they bought basically bought the way out of it and he went on to manchester manchester united two decent seasons for man united uh, i think he won a few bits of silverware and that's where we're going to pick up the story so yeah, two seasons at man united now, he played 99 times for them, scoring 34 goals. Uh, I think won a trophy or two. And then and then he came to Manchester City. And who are we going to pick this up? And there's an infamous, um, or famous, sorry, uh, poster on Dean's Gate. I'm going to go to Michael. Mike, what happened? There was a lot of noise around that move. So can you, you know, give us a bit of background to the move and um, all the, the fallout from it? Well, um, as uh, people remember at the time, um, at the end of um, the previous season, there began to be speculation that uh, uh, Tevez uh, was going to move. And uh, there was a huge reaction from Manchester United supporters with their chance of Fergie, Fergie, sign him up, sign him up. <laughs> uh, you might remember that. The, the United supporters, uh, much to my enjoyment, were going spare because um, <laughs> as uh, every week went past, there was... Uh, there, there, there was no prospect. There seemed to be no prospect of uh, 
of uh, Alec Ferguson giving him a, a new contract. And um, before we knew it, he had signed for City. Uh, it was unbelievable. It was one of our first big, uh, big moves. Uh, and uh, I couldn't believe it until I saw it myself. And then, of course, um, Bernard will be able to tell you more about um, the, uh, the, the poster in Deansgate. Um, yeah. Huge, big... Uh, Welcome to Manchester sign. Yeah, I, I think actually I'm just ch checking on Wikipedia that he was on loan at Man United. So it was, the, I think they had the, they had the first refusal to, to buy him and they chose not to. Uh, and then so City ended up buying him. So Bernard, what were your, what are your recollections? It's, I mean, it's just over 10 years ago that this happened. Um, what do you remember about, about all the noise and that poster? Yeah, I mean, I think Tevez had said that uh, Fergie had verbally agreed that he would actually... Uh, give him a permanent role at United, a five-year contract. So that's where it all started going wrong. And obviously, once he reneged on that for what, whatever reason, obviously there was, he was still there's still problems with his ownership, of course. He, he, you know, with that was going on as well. But obviously, uh, when it came to City, it was claimed it was a it was a, a transfer record, but they denied this at the time. He said they hadn't paid as much as uh, as the papers were saying, etc. So I mean, it was just great. I mean, from from a City fan's point of view, it was absolutely fantastic. And then they say we, we, you've, you've talked about it there to see this. Uh, Welcome to Manchester Bill billboard with uh, Tevez in the background in, in sky blue. It was located, I think, at the top of Dean's Gate yeah. uh, in the city centre, obviously leading out towards Salford and Trafford. So it was ideally placed. So, yeah, well and truly boiling boiling the old piss. Uh, we, we sort of did a good job there on the, on the actual, on that side of it. Uh, we didn't know uh, what was to come, of course, over the next uh, three or four seasons. But, uh, yeah, it was a big coup, a big coup for City. And it you'll might. remember that got a furious response from Alec Ferguson, who called us a small club, small <laughs> yeah. club with a small mentality. Yeah, yeah. noisy neighbours. Yeah, he said a lot of stuff about City, noisy neighbours, small club, small mentality. And and actually, Mike, Man United and their fans, the club and their fans, it's been 12 years now, it's come up to 12 years. They still haven't got over that because <laughs> it really did hurt and it really was... A great, a great piece of work from the city marketing or, you know, the publicity people. But United haven't got over that even now. If you remember when Sancho joined, they had their own thing, uh, you know, uh, poster. So 12 years on, they're still bitter about it. They were, they really are. And um, they, it really shows who's the small club with a small mentality that when they signed Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo, they tried to do the same thing <laughs> and uh, re recreate it. Just doesn't quite have the same punch second time around, guys. So, you know, just, uh, you know, invent your own stuff. Stop well, it's, copying it's, us. Well, you know, that copying is, it's uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. So, um, you know, as I said, kudos to the people who came up with the idea, the original idea back in whenever it was, 2010. Um, so Carlos Tevez, as I said, he had four seasons at City. Um, the, he had that league title winning season where actually he didn't play that much, and I think we'll come on we'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> um, but in, in the other seasons, he was in the league, especially instrumental. Um, I'll go through his numbers: he did 30, 35 league games, thirty-one league games, thirteen league games, and uh, thirty-four. And especially in the first two, he was the main man. You know, 23 league goals in the first season, 20 league goals 
in the second. He's got a, you know, in his total appearances in those two seasons, 42 games, 29 goals, 44 games, 23. It, as I said, it dropped off in that last season, his number of goals, because he wasn't, obviously, you might remember we did have another striker called uh, Sergio Aguero. And uh, he scored a few game, uh, goals and he, he was, I think, the principal striker, although they, they played together um, at, at times. So, you know, in those four seasons, uh, we'll, we'll leave the controversial bit <laughs> to later. I'll start with Mike. What do you recall a, a, about Tevez? I mean, you can, I, I, I'll split this between the first two years where I think he was the main man and the next two years where he, he was, uh, not, not, I wouldn't say a supporting act, but he was less of the main person. Uh, strike force at City. Well, I think what everyone know, remembers about uh, Tevez is that uh, he was one player who gave 100%. Uh, it doesn't matter who he played for, actually. And uh, he came into his own uh, with City. He, he'd been scoring for Man United, but not on this level. Uh, he was scoring with regularity um, uh, and all kinds of goals, but particularly long-distance strikes from uh, outside the area. But he gave... You, 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 you've, you've felt it a little bit for those uh, United supporters that wanted him to stay at United because he <laughs> absolutely, he, well, not, not, not too much, but, I mean, <laughs> but you, you could understand uh, their feelings because he left it all on the pitch, one hundred percent, total all action uh, hero, uh, the kind of player that really um, gets supporters uh, on his side and. Uh, he led by example. He was just a rolling fireball of energy from the moment uh, he got on to the moment that uh, that he left, and uh, he was lethal in those first couple of seasons. Yeah, I'm just looking at his numbers. Actually, he played 63 league games for United and scored 19 goals. And in those first two seasons, he played 66 league games for City and scored 43 goals, more than double. You know, so that's. Uh, you know, uh, the United fans were really crying um, once he was putting in those numbers. Uh, and Bernard, what are your recollections of Tevez, especially in those first two seasons? Yeah, I mean, I've looked at 9, nine 10 and 10, 11, and I've just had a quick look through and I'll just quote a few little major things in, in that time, obviously. Uh, that 9, 10, I, I sort of little, put a little sub eddy when I was looking at this, thinking it was the almost their season for City, wasn't it? The old 9, 10 yeah. season. Uh, he actually scored his first goal in a League Cup game. Obviously, he, don't know, he's, he actually also assists, he set up a goal for Gareth Barry in that famous 4-3 loss at Old Trafford that we all yeah. remember very very well uh, we did that didn't go down very well and you mentioned the fergie sign him up thing well that was actually sung by the city fans in uh when he scored his uh sec first and second premier league goals against west ham the uh, city fans started singing fergie fergie sign him up as uh you know and again a bit of class from the fans uh you know we've sort of uh we united copies we, we we create these things don't we we did it in a good way so that was great um we actually if you think about it, that nine ten season, the, the big moment was, of course, the League Cup semi-final, wasn't it? Uh, the two-legged thing. And he yeah. obviously scored both our goals in the 2-1 victory at the Etihad, of course, uh, that season. And he actually scored our goal at Old Trafford. But that yeah. was disappointing, wasn't it, guys? I mean, it, it was... Uh, but Tevez was instrumental of nearly dragging us through that. And I was just looking back at some stuff today and Ferguson was so delighted. He's at Old Trafford that night. He was absolutely jubilant. And he, well, I don't think it was just the fact that United had beat us. I think it was the fact that he got one over Tevez as well yeah. because I think the hatred was was clear to clear to be seen really in that lot. I mean, interestingly enough, you look you look at ten to eleven uh, yeah. season. 
Uh, he was made captain, of course. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Mancini made, made him the, the captain. But obviously, by December, um, yeah, we had problems. He actually uh, handed in a transfer request. So, obviously, it was very early into his tenure with City. I mean, he's still another two and a half years to go, etc. But he'd already handed in a transfer request. So, it's just proving that, obviously, uh, deep down somewhere somewhere along the lines, he, he's not, he was not a happy chappy. Uh, obviously, all that was sorted out. He scored his first 50 goals for City. It only took him 73 matches to score his first 50 goals, which was uh, pretty impressive. And of course, uh, uh, he was there for the for the end of the 10-11 season for the uh, Stoke City FA Cup final after missing out on the, on the semi-final, of course. So, yeah, but we saw early doors there, didn't we? What was to come, I think, yeah. in the next couple of seasons with problems with him. Mm-hmm. And he'd had problems before he joined us. So, I, I think we just saw, saw more of it, really, in, in that successful uh, 10-11 season yeah. with the FA Cup. But uh, I think the writing was on the wall and the cracks were beginning to show. Yeah, he's never stuck around. I think that's that's an interesting thing, him, ask, him asking for the transfer request, because, you know, the longest he stayed anywhere was uh, at Boca to start with. He started his career, and that's actually where he finished his career. Um, and at City, he had those four years at City, he had four years at Boca, but Corinthians, it was two years. West Ham, it was a year. United, it was two years. Juventus, it was two years. He went back to Boca. He's been there three times. He did three three years at them. He went to China to the money. And I think <laughs> for me, it's about the money as well. The money was a big key for Carlos Tevez uh, and his agent. Was that Kia? Was that Kia Jurabchen, his agent? Can't remember now. Mike um, usually remembers who Kia's um, clients were. So, uh, but he, 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 he seemed to move around just um, a little bit. But for me, I mean, I remember in those first two seasons when he scored a lot of goals, he was our main man. You know, if you, he was the guy you expected and hoped. Um, you know, all your hopes were on his shoulders because he was the guy making it happen, scoring scoring the goals. Um, I'm going to move to that controversial third season. Um, also, Bernard, because I think Bernard remember this, remembers this particularly well. Um, and to talk about what happened uh, <laughs> that, that night, was it against Bayern Munich? What happened that caused Car- Carlos Tevez? Do we actually know what actually happened yet? Well, I mean, the actual, um, the, st- the start of the season, obviously, he lost the captain's arm, I don't think, to Vincent Company, so he took over at the start of the season. But Tevez said he was quite happy, so obviously we had to believe that he was happy. And it wasn't long into the season. We'd, we'd already played one UEFA Champions League match uh, out of the way, and it was obviously the, the next Champions League match on the 20, 27th of September against Bayern Munich. And literally, we watched it on TV. I mean, I, obviously, that I don't know if any of the people who actually there got a better view, but we, we saw it. We saw it on TV. What happened? He, he, he was asked. He was asked to uh, warm up. He was asked to go on the pitch. We were two nil down at the time, and he literally he, Tevez denied it. Said it was a misunderstanding, etc. Uh, but we saw it on TV, and every City fan. I mean, I, I mean, I can go back onto it, but obviously, once this had happened, I mean, the love that City fans sort of had for him totally, totally disappeared overnight. Because anyone who does that to City, I'm sorry, I mean, he, he became the enemy. He became all of a sudden. Uh, I remember uh, the game after this. Uh, obviously, it was never cleared up for for a while what had happened. But obviously, after this, we played Blackburn away, and I remember obviously there was thousands of City fans at Blackburn that day. It was, it was the game after this Bayern Munich game. 
and we were singing, I don't know if you remember it, guys, I don't remember the words now, but this Herman Munster song about him, uh, you know, and it was it was all over the place, going to the ground, outside the ground, in the ground. I mean, the City fans just totally, totally just, just turned their backs on him because of what he did, because we all saw it. We all saw it on TV. We all saw him refuse, refuse to come on that pitch and play for our club. And he just overnight, all the city fans just literally. I mean, Black, Black, I mean, I, I can't think anyone at Blackburn wasn't singing anti songs against this Herman Munster song, which isn't a nice song. Let's be honest about it. But everyone was singing it about. You know, it, it was, it was just chaos, and it, it brought it on himself. Uh, and obviously, we'd seen it, we'd seen it unfold on TV because the cameras never left, never left that. You know, it never watched the game half the time. They're too busy watching what was going on in the dugout. Yeah. But I mean, were we? If you remind me, Bernard or, or Mike, we 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 were losing at the time. We, we were two nil, yeah, yeah. We weren't putting up a really good fist. In no, it. we'd and, lost and, the game base. I think we'd lost that game. There was no yeah. way we we're going to come back. Yeah, and 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 uh, Roberto Mancini wanted um, him to come on and warm up. And I think Tevez had complained that he'd asked him a couple of times to warm up, and he was fed up. He was yeah. fed up, you know. And he he, he was a volatile character. Um, I mean, what are your recollections of that night, Mike? watching it on tv well i i just remember what um tevis said in his in his defense i mean he said that he'd already warmed up yeah he didn't need didn't need to go up and uh warm up again and um uh, and i i was like bernard was glued to the glued to the tv there and um it was quite telling because he was sat beside zavaleta uh on the uh on the bench and zavaleta was uh talking in his ear Probably saying, get yourself on there. Zabaleta was embarrassed by the whole thing as well. But um, uh, Mancini in the press conference afterwards was ap apoplectic. He really mm. was. And um, I, I sincerely thought that was the end of him. You know, I thought we'd never see him play for City again. Yeah, well, Mancini said this. He said he wanted him out of Manchester City and that he would never play for the club again. Yeah, he wanted. He certainly wanted an apology as a minimum. Um and I think as a, as a professional player, whoever was in the wrong, Teva should have gone on the pitch and played. I think that that's his job, that's his role. Oh, no, unless Mancini had said something about his mother, then uh, you know he had to say something really serious um, for, for Teva. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind if it had been cold, Ray. It wasn't, it wasn't even cold. It was September, so it was even in Germany. It was quite quite warm. You know, it was not yeah, as though yeah. it was too cold to get out of the dugout. So I just think he was miffed that he wasn't starting. He, you know, apparently warmed up a couple of times and he was coming on quite late in the game and th there wasn't much left in the game for him to to affect. Um, so we, we move on a little bit in that season because, uh, you know, rather than him actually leaving, I mean, it, it was a big investment for us, whatever we'd paid for him. Uh, we didn't want to lose his play. He was off playing golf, apparently, in Argentina. Um, and then somehow they managed to patch it up, Bernard, and he came back to play for City again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because Mansour got involved and asked him to go on gardening leave or garden leave, whatever, whatever they called it. But they were trying to, they were trying to get him a transfer. They were trying to get rid, basically, but uh, they just didn't succeed in finding anyone who wanted to take him on, certainly for the right price, anyway, which is what it was all about. And uh, he got fined uh, several weeks' money, a couple of months, two, three, two or three months' money. I think he was actually not training for about five months. I think up to five months. I think he returned to training the following. In February or something like that, 
Uh, so obviously, when he did return to train, obviously the, the, the players were backing him. The fans weren't overly impressed. Some fans have forgiven him. My, my lads never forgive. My lad still hates him. You know, we've gone for, from loving him. But my, you know, I'm sort of more philosophical and a bit more. Uh, you know, I sort of thought, well, if as long as he's putting it in, I'm, I'm not really that worried about it. Let's rule, put a line under it. But uh, yeah, so obviously, Mancini had relented. Tevez appealed against paying the fine. I think he actually paid it in the end. And obviously, by, by March, he was ready to come back and, and play for the team in, in a very important season, as, as we know, the 2011-12 season. Yeah. Uh, and, and, Mike, do you remember what happened at the end of that season? You know, uh, <laughs> how, much did Te- well, how much did Tevez actually figure in that season? Well, I did. I, if you guys, I think, it, I think I'm right in saying that when he came back from this long period of absence uh, playing golf, I think it was a game against Norwich where he scored and he did the golf club, uh, the golf yeah. uh, shot yeah. uh, celebration, yeah. and I, I think that brought a lot of a lot of um, City fans back 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 onto his yeah. side again because what he did in Germany was very uncharacteristic for him. It was totally out of character, and uh, I was surprised to see whenever he scored that goal and did the uh, the golf shot uh, celebration, um, looking around, you know, on the terraces, Man City fans were. They, they seem to be really enjoying that. And, of course, he made a, a a huge contribution. I'm not sure if it was actually that season, but uh, my favourite Tevez goal was actually not a goal that he scored. It was actually scored by Aguero. And you might remember this back heel from yeah. uh, Tevez to Aguero. Aguero uh, shoots, shoots in. Um, and it was just a, an amazing piece of combination between the two um, South Americans. Uh, they seemed to have a real, real... Uh, understanding. Uh, I love to see City when both of them um, were on the pitch, and that was an amazing goal. And it was a beautiful back heel from Tevez straight into the path of Aguero. He didn't even have time to think about it. No back lift and wallop, you know, straight into the into the roof of the net. So I mean, yeah, those were the days really when we had memory. Yeah, I was going to say those are the days when we had a few strikers. <laughs> we have no one now. Um, to move on, guys, to. Favorite goals, uh, or you know, special goals, or you know, things that stick in your mind. And um, I think on this occasion, I'm not going to go last because <laughs> I, get, I get left with whatever's left. Uh, so I'm going to go first and say uh, one of my favorite goals. There's a few, there's a few that I like. One of the ones that I think I'm going to go for one of his most spectacular, and it's from about 28, 30 yards. It was a free kick, and I think it was a last game of the season or towards the end of the season against Stoke. Um, he scored a couple of goals that day, uh, at, at least. And this this one, yeah, I mean, it was so far out. It was on the right hand side, um, and the, obviously there was a wall there. And he bent the ball with power and pace. He bent it around the wall. You know, you, if you think of that, was it Roberto Carlos one he, he did with, where he did something similar? Well, Tebas was the same. He bent it so far around the wall. And it came back in and went in. And it was just like, it was so, you know, he had this knack of being able to shoot and with a lot of power, sometimes with that much back lift from 20 to 30 yards uh, and score goals. And if you go and look at his, um, um, you know, goal highlights at City, you'll see plenty of goals from outside the box. And, and that was, for me, uh, that was a stunner. Um, I'll go to Mike next and say, can you think of any famous goals or goals that you really enjoyed from Carlos Tevez? I think it was in the... Um... In the first leg of the um, semi-final of the uh, the League Cup, uh, the one that produced the celebration where he ran over to um, Gary Neville and and cupped his ears at him, and uh, <laughs> I think that was the first he, wasn't it? Cupping the ears. Yeah, that's right. And of course, 
he famously called uh, Neville a boot-licking Turag, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> a, a really nice line of uh, of English for someone uh, where, where English is not his first language. So I, I love that particular goal. I think that was um, that was the one for me. Yeah. What about you, Bernard? Yeah, because obviously uh, that one of Mike's is one of my favourite. But it was sort of an enjoyable moment. It wasn't, wasn't my favourite goal because it wasn't even a competitive game, but it, it was the actual um, charity or the community shield, as it's called, then at Villa Park where we played Chelsea in the August 2012 at Villa Park. And it was great because there's lots City fans were probably filling two-thirds of the ground up. I think Chelsea sent some tickets back. The atmosphere was fantastic, far better than any of the Community Shield rubbish, rubbish games we've had at, at Wembley, to be honest with you. It was, you know, absolutely... It was. We were bouncing. It was just bouncing. Obviously, we, we thought we could beat everybody. Let's face it. We just won the league title. We thought we'd go on and win it for the next five, ten years without anyone competing against us. So the fans were really up for it. We wore that great maroon kit, the, 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 the fantastic maroon kit. And of course, uh, he actually we went down one nil to Chelsea, but then they went down to ten men. So Yaya equalised, and it was it was Nasri actually. We, obviously, we talked about him recently. Little touch by Nasri, and Tevez just moved himself just glided across the edge of the box this is 1-1 now he just glided across and a couple of Chelsea players sort of feigned to try and tackle but he just kept going he just he just hammered it he just hammered it into the top corner and Czech was in goal Czech, Czech didn't even move he didn't have any chance and obviously as he ran towards the City fans I think I was in that where they are now with the when you go to Villa, uh, that bunch of City fans, because they said they were all over the place, but I, I was sort of in that area there. And obviously he had his famous uh, Fuerta Apache thing underneath his shirt. You know, obviously that was his nickname, wasn't it, the Apache? Uh, so he ran towards us with that. So, as I say, it wasn't significant as a big game, but obviously the, the, just, the whole, just the whole emotion around that game and the, the fact we fought... City, City had arrived, uh, and most fans thought that at the time. We thought this was this was going to be domination now for the next few years, and uh, just just everything around that game, really. Yeah, do you remember there was one celebration? I can't remember was it against Hull or Wolves? He scored a goal. He ran to the corner flag, and I can only describe it as twerking. He twerked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very early, very early doors. That wasn't it. I can't remember. Yeah. I think it might have been Wool. I'm not too sure, but it was. Yeah. Very early in his career, one of his first goals. At, yeah. yeah, yeah, wiggling his bottom. I think he scored from outside. The, another one outside the box. He scored so many from outside the box. Um, but yeah, he's just a, an awesome, awesome um, goal celebrations uh, when you when you think about them. Guys, do, do you think he had any legacy? Anything? You know, he spent four years at City. Is there anything? You know, obviously, we, when we talk about longevity, he he didn't do enough for long enough to you know to. Uh, to get to the status of someone like your know, Aguero's who did it for nine, ten seasons, and David Silvers and Yaya's and uh, Fernandinho. But where do you think his legacy is, uh, Mike? Well, I think that his time at City uh, will be uh, probably best remembered as the uh, the the formal changing of the guard uh, uh, in terms of who was the best team in Manchester. Obviously, the whole Deansgate um, uh, billboard uh, celeb um, poster there and his arrival in his first couple of seasons. I mean, that's when people began to realise for the first time that uh, the the blue moon was rising. And you, Bernard? Yeah, interesting. We not we didn't. There was another moment of controversy that we not we didn't talk about. Obviously, in the, the when we'd won the title, uh, the parade with the R.I.P. Fergie uh, placard, <laughs> which was for me was comedy gold. I thought it was absolutely so hilarious. And you got all your PC guys. Well, you know, Fergie had said this that it wouldn't happen in his lifetime. 
it's just classic dark yep. comedy gold. There's nothing wrong with it for me. You shouldn't ever apologise. You should tell them to piss off. It's funny, you know, because yeah, I, exactly. I thought it was brilliant, absolutely low. In the same way that, that that poster was brilliant, I thought that, even though it was a little cardboard cutout, someone would give him, obviously, uh, not very well presented, not very professional. But I, I, just, I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah. It let him get back at Fergie as well, which obviously Fergie had enough goals at Tevez. So I thought it was fantastic. But obviously, that's not perhaps my legacy, but I, I like the way he did it. And I, I think, as I said, I, I just thought, it was real brilliant i thought it was brilliant stuff but uh, yeah it was never it was never as you say it was i think uh, as mike said there it was a change it wasn't it was that i said nine ten season was the ner- we were ner- with the nearly men 10 11 obviously we got the fa cup and then obviously we got and it was just just that little change from being little city to big you know big city and although obviously we're still probably called little city but and he was he was part of that and he was a wonder he never he always gave 100 percent, 110 percent. fantastic player brilliant player uh as far as as a pet i think he could be a pet player definitely a pet player because of the work he puts in obviously uh obviously uh, as far as his attitude and stuff probably would have rubbed rub pep up the wrong way like he did did every manager i think he played for but uh yeah i thought it was a fantastic player the right player at the right time to just take us on to that next level and obviously we moved on level since that but uh a, a crack wonderful it, it was just a pleasure to watch him uh say even with his faults to say and and time's a healer. Even I, I'd forgive him after that, uh, not turning up that Bayern Munich game. My lad, as I said, my lad hasn't. He still doesn't, <laughs> still not forgive him. He still not forgive Paul Dickoff for celebrating when he scored against City either. So that's that's my lad. That's how my lad works. That's how his brain works. Long time ago. I, I'm a bit more. I'm a bit different. But uh, no, it, it, it was great. It was great. And that three or four years, uh, fantastic. Yeah, thank you, guys. And that's a, a little bit about Carlos Alberto Tevez. Um, Great play for City back in the day. Uh, I've got to say once again a big thanks to uh, the guys for helping put this video together, uh, our podcast, our podlet, if you're listening to the audio, uh, from all, all the way down in South Korea. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you. And uh, Bernard, once again, thank you so much. It's great. It's great. It's great to talk about our heroes, even though obviously we'll have a stat- you won't have a statue built for him, but uh, it's still great to talk about. Fantastic. And guys, as ever, we say um, uh, on this channel, um, see you around blues and uh, up the blues as well. Up the blues. <laughs>